Hey everyone, this is Klaatu, and uh, you're listening to New World Order, episode 41 of season 13. In this episode, I want to talk about Util Linux, specifically the PG, uh, yeah, PG command, or yeah, command, and the PR limit command. And we'll see if we get into anything else. I th- we might, because those are two kind of small, ordinary commands. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's get started right now. First up, PG. I didn't even know PG existed. I don't know how I missed it because, uh, frankly, I went on a sort of a, a search for a better pager some, some time ago, and it turns out that PG existed. I'm not saying that PG is a better pager than, for instance, less, but I am saying that it's another pager that I, that I just somehow did not know existed. And it's, um, it's not the worst pager in the world. I'll give it that. So, um, let's see. If I do a, if I do a just PG and then the path to a file that I want to look through, which I have, um, I have a file here that I actually do want to look through. Ooh, granted, probably not right now, but eventually I want to look through this thing. Uh, so here's a, it's a text file. There it is. And it shows me a screen full of text, and that's why I chose this one specifically, this this one document that I have, because I know that it's thousands and thousands of lines. Um, and PG shows me the first chunk, as much as it can, on my, my monitor. And then if I hit return, it shows me the next chunk. And the thing that I... the the the, the thing that I really want to know is how does it... You, how does it define a chunk? And it is, it's a page full minus the first line. So, meaning, if I'm on page one right now, then I'm seeing, well, the first line down to the, to the bottom of my screen. Now if I hit return, the last line of the previous screen is the first line of my next screen. And that's what I like. I don't know what it is about pagers, but when they page and don't show me some kind of reference point, I get really nervous, and I think, oh my gosh, I just know I've skipped three lines, just randomly. I just, I'm just sure of it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll reverse up and 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 look to see if I've actually missed anything, and almost invariably, no, I've not missed a thing, but. For whatever reason, that is a fear that every time I'm using a pager that gives me no context, I'm I, I always assume that it's hiding one or two or eight lines from me, uh, and it just drives me crazy. So this is nice because it it gives me that reference point. I like that about PG. Another thing that I like about PG, and this is really almost through no fault of its own, I fe- I feel, but um, the 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 so if I open a file and I hit return, I go to the next screen full, right? So now what, what if I wanted to go back up to the top of that file? If I wanted to go back a page, or, or rather, back a string? Well, the way that I would, or a screen, rather, not string, a screen. Uh, the way that you would, that you do that in PG is the minus, or the dash, symbol. Now, on a normal QWERTY keyboard, the dash symbol is up there by the plus. Uh, just to the left of the backspace key. Well, two two keys left of the backspace key. But on a Dvorak keyboard, it just so happens that the minus key is immediately to the left of the enter key. So 
you go forward with the enter key and to go back a screen full you just hit you just you move your little finger to the left one hit your minus sign and then enter again so to go back in your document it's just a it's a really easy sh um, keyboard keyboard press it's just minus and enter so that's actually really 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 nice to get to the end of the file you press uh, the dollar sign just like in said or I think probably grep in a lot of regexes uh, the dollar sign indicates the end of a line so in this case it indicates the end of a document so dollar sign return and now I'm at the begin uh, the, the end of the file unfortunately caret uh, return does not the, the little symbol above the six on a, a US or a, yeah US American keyboard um, I that does not bring you to the top of the document so that threw me off I, I figured well okay if the dollar sign takes me to the end then carrot should take me to the very beginning and it just doesn't so uh, that that's a little bit awkward but I mean you, you get used to it it's not that big of a deal I actually don't know how to get to the, to the beginning of the document I should probably see if that is immediately obvious uh, it doesn't look like it's super obvious to me how to go to the top of the top of the page H gets you a help screen a little help screen uh, and you can also if you just do man PG you'll you'll get a man page and you can look up um, you can look up various things that you might want to learn how to do uh, I'm not seeing an immediate obvious way to get to the top of the document I'm sure that there's an easy way to do it I'm just not I'm not seeing it in a quick skim of the man page and that's fine we'll we'll leave that be for now because it's not it's not a must-have so I'm gonna get back into PG so that we can do a search searching the um, document is again it feels a lot like said or similar awk uh, you could do a forward slash and then some term let's do and search for open and then we'll close the slash and it finds uh, the occurrence, the, the first occurrence of, of the of the word in the brackets. Now it is a regex search, so it is um, it's pretty pretty literal. It's going to find it's going to find words exactly as you type it. So just keep that in mind. It also um, doesn't do a great job of highlighting the things that you have found so if you do a search for for something and it, it finds it in a big paragraph that is multiple you know that wraps several times around it won't it, it doesn't highlight the word or anything like that it just it makes that paragraph the the the, the top line of your of your document so sometimes it's a little bit hard to zero in on exactly what what it thinks it's found and and where in that paragraph that is. That said, it, it's it's regex, so you can do a lot of interesting sort of things with it if you're familiar with regex. You can get you can get pretty exact with with your search. I don't know whether less and more and so on allow for that it may I've never thought to do it so uh, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm praising this one for being regex without actually knowing uh, 
what it's up against. Possibly that's like all all of them. I've just never tried. But one thing that is kind of nice, and and again, maybe this is something that you can do in more and less, and I've just never noticed it. But but in PG, when searching, you can you can define how how many searches you want it to go through. So for instance, you can do an I slash pattern slash where I is a number, an integer, in order to find the uh, ith occurrence of of your pattern. So if I go into a document and I do a three slash open slash, then it doesn't find the first occurrence of the word open. It doesn't find the second occurrence of the word open. It finds the third occurrence of open and takes me to that. I thought that was pretty cool. I'll, I'll admit I, I'm not 100% sure I would ever use it, but I might. It could be something that I knew. Oh, I, I don't need the third instance of, of you know this this heading, this common heading that I use, but I know I need the third uh, instance of chapter. And then, bam, you're at, at chapter three or, or something like that. I could see that being useful, so that was kind of cool. And actually, I just remembered how to navigate around um back to the first page the you just type one and then return i forgot i i i had figured that out um at one point you just type one return and now you're at page one if you want to go to the third screen full you could type three and now you're on the third screen you kind of want to say page but of course if you if you were to change the screen size and reopen pg then it would not two and three and four and so on would not be the same. That's why the dollar sign is useful because it gets you to the end no matter how many screenfuls that is. And and one, of course, always gets you back to one because that 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 at least does not change. So that's PG. That's the uh, pager. I think it's, what, what is it, page? Browse page-wise through text files. That's what it's called. And uh, it is, is PG... It's a useful little little command. It's a it is a pager, so it, you know if you're if you're looking at less, if you're looking at more, looking at most, you can also throw PG in there for your consideration. It's it's definitely not the worst pager I've ever used. Not sure if it's going to be the one to 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 wrestle me away from less. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I don't mind it. It's kind of cool. It has a certain fluidity to it that I do kind of appreciate. All right, let's um, let's do a real quick time check here. Is it time for coffee? Oh, that was a silly question. Of course it's time for coffee. Let's go get a cup, and we'll come back for PR Limit. you have a great cup of coffee. I have been having a fantastic uh, series of cups of coffee today because I cracked open the villain package of coffee uh, from the the housewarming gift from Carl that I received. This is from C4 Coffee, 
in New Zealand, and this one was called Villain, which I thought, that sounds fun. And I, I gotta admit, this is, um, this is really up there with, with good coffees. It, it has a, kind of a, a slightly, almost a nutty taste to it, if you, if you really, if you really taste it. Um, and I kind of thought about it, and it's, if you, if you've ever bitten into a coffee bean, which you should if you're buying coffee beans, you should, you should try one before purchasing, um, and, and when you bite into it, there's that sort of soft, or not soft, but there's the, the kind of pale center point of the coffee bean, and that kind of has a certain quality to it a lot of times, and, and this villain coffee is that flavor, (laughs) like, not universally that flavor, but it, it, that, that's the best analogy I have for it, it's kind of that rich, kind of almost creamy part of of just the coffee bean. It's a really good cup. Um, really pleased with it. I didn't think... I, I loved the name, Villain. V-I-L-L-A-I-N. I thought that was a great name for a cup of coffee. But uh, I, I wasn't sure if it was going to be necessarily my favorite. But it's really good. I mean, I've only tried, I think, I think this is the, only the second bag that I've actually opened from that, from that stash. But... Yeah, it's really good. Highly recommended if you happen to be in New Zealand and you happen to have access to C4 coffee. Well, you do. They they do mail order, so you can get it anywhere. So there you go. That's what I'm drinking. I'm hoping you're having something similarly excellent. Let's start talking about PR Limit. So PR Limit is a limiter, a limiter, a resource limiter for uh, processes. Given a process ID, or a PID, and one or more resources, PR limit tries to retrieve and or modify those limits. If you don't give it PR limit anything, then it just returns what 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 the limits are. So for instance, let's get a let's get a, a PID first. So we'll do a P grep for, I don't know, cups of D. 1381. Alright, so if I do PR limit 13, nope, dash dash PID 1381, I get a failure because I didn't do sudo. There we go, sudo. Uh, PR limit dash dash PID 1381 tells me resource, tells me the description, and then the soft and the hard limits, and then what units we're talking about. So for instance, um, actually this isn't the, the greatest file to look at, or the, the greatest process. Let us instead look at 13, let's look at cron, cron D. That's 1385. Yeah, that gives me a little bit more variety. So this is the uh, cron D process, 1385. So sudo limit dash dash pid 1385 shows me that uh, the core has a soft limit of zero and a hard limit of unlimited blocks for the max core file size. Okay, that's funny and weird. Um, actually, more weird than funny. But here's the here's no file. That's the max number, num, no for number, number of open files. Uh, soft limit of 1024, hard limit is f- of 1496. That's a pretty big diff, actually. It's kind of interesting that it would do that. Um, Anything else? Uh, not really. Some some 
here's a RSS max residence set size unlimited unlimited pages so a bunch of stuff about well just resource management really that um, well certainly I don't have any reason to, to mess around with on a regular basis I could see myself maybe using this for Jack possibly but only to make things less limited really that that would be my that would be my desire so here's PR limit um, 13 what was the number 1385 yeah so uh, w what we could do is we could change some of this stuff so for instance if we decided that the number of files open being from 1024 to 4096 is maybe uh, too too much of a too much of a range maybe we could do dash dash no file equals and then we could do for instance um, a soft limit of 1028 and then colon and a hard limit of let's just do 4000 Okay, we've just changed the limits of our our, our running uh, cron daemon. So now if I do the pseudo PR limit dash dash pid 1385 again, we see that the new soft limit for no file is 1028 and the new hard limit for the for for no file is 4000. You can uh, set you can set all the all the different things that it shows you. So, for instance, the uh, the maximum size of a core file, the maximum data size, maximum nice priority. That's kind of nice, <laughs> nice. But I mean, it is kind of nice. I mean, I could see myself maybe using that at some point. Probably not. Uh, maximum file size, maximum number of pending signals, maximum locked-in memory. And so on. I could go on, but I mean, it's it's all there in the man page. Now, the one that uh, again, I I think I could possibly see myself utilizing maybe is RT prio dash dash RT prio equals. That's the maximum real time priority. So with sudo and pr limit with with something like Jack, I could see you know just really trying to raise the raise the limits of of what jack is able to do i can definitely see how that would be handy whether i actually have to do that or not is a completely different question and so far i've never had to dip into pr limit for 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 jack at least not directly now whether something like set underscore r limits which i have used before does that tie into pr limits i'm not sure uh, this has apparently been supported since Linux.2.6.36, uh, so that's um, quite a while ago, and I, I I didn't start using really set underscore r limits. Well, I don't even think I started using Linux until 2.8. That could be wrong. That could be very wrong. But anyway, whatever I did, I've never used PR limit. But I've used other applications that do modify real-time priorities, and so they may have made this system call uh, for me. Uh, I'm not sure. Either way, that's how you do it. So if you're if you're running something that that's that doesn't seem to be getting the the attention that it deserves or that you need it to get, 
then you can modify those limitations here or you can constrain it a little bit if if you need to do some testing or or if you've written an application yourself that's kind of going way overboard you can you can kind of you can uh bring it back down to earth with PR limit all right i think we have time for yet another one and i think probably a good one to talk about is rename because I don't feel like anyone knows about rename. I mean, that's not true. What I really mean is that I don't feel like it is widely known of this command. And it's one of those commands that when you need it, this is exactly what you want in your life. It, it can be a great command. So the, the idea here is that I'm going to, here, I'll do a touch foo1, foo2, foo3, foo4, foo5, foo6, foo7, foo8, foo9, and then foo10. And none of those worked. Why didn't those work? Oh, because I'm in the wrong directory. Okay, here we go. Doing that again. Um, this time I'm going to do it a little bit smarter and just do touch foo curly bracket one dot dot one zero close curly bracket and now if I look in my in this current directory for lsf oops lsf o o uh, asterisk then I have foo one foo ten foo two three four five six seven eight nine okay so we've all we've all been here right this is this is a classic numbering problem that we see. We've got numbers in our file names and we want these numbers to all be two digits because we know that 10 shouldn't come after 1, it should come after 9. But in order to make that happen we need foo 01, foo 02, and so on. Alright, well we can do that. We can do rename foo. Right, that's that's our base that's the the basis for our renaming is actually let me look exactly at the man page so I can get their terminology correctly okay so that's the expression now the the replacement that we want is uh, in this case we just want foo zero right because we want we want to take the base of the name scheme which is foo we want to make it foo zero and then all the other files should fall into into place. So then we'll do a um, to, to to define the files that are affected by this rule. We'll do foo, and then just a question mark. It's important to do a question mark because the question mark, at least in Bash regex, means exactly one of. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. Touch foo. So now we have. Now we have foo, foo1, foo2, foo2, foo10, 2, 3, okay. So now we're doing rename foo, space, foo0, because that's what we want to insert in front of the number, the integer. And then as the, uh, in the in the terms of the man page, the file to replace is uh, foo question mark, meaning if there's foo and then a, a an an integer, a, a character after the word foo, then replace it with foo zero. So 
now I'm going to do, uh, so, so I'll execute that, and then I'll do an ls foo asterisk, and we have, we have foo, just the foo that we just did a, m a moment ago. And that was exempted from this, because remember, I did foo question mark. So it's, it, it wanted to see one thing after foo. If it saw nothing, it ignored it. And sure enough, here I've got foo 01, foo 02, foo 03, foo 04. I was saying O, oh, I meant 0. Foo 05, 06, 7, 8, 9, and then finally 10. Now we could do this again, rename foo as our base, and then foo 0, 0 as, no, just 1, 0, sorry. Uh, as our replacement expression, and then foo question mark question mark. So this time we're saying, okay, I want you to look in the current directory for foo with two things after it. So foo zero one zero two zero three and one zero, and and insert make the new base the new root of that name foo zero. So I'll do that. And then I'll do an ls foo again, asterisk, and sure enough, I have now I have foo, which was ignored because there weren't, there was nothing after it. And then I've got a foo 001002003 all the way up to 010, and it's all in nice tidy order. It's such an easy little system, and to think, so many times I have gone through numbered files with complex you know, base names and seds and and cuts and all sorts of things to get to get to isolate the the numbers and it turns out that rename has been here the whole time. Really, really useful. So, for instance, let's say I'm going to get rid of all the foos. All right, those are all gone. Now we're going to do a touch foo curly bracket one to ten again, close curly bracket, and then we'll do dot txt at the end. So now I'll look at foos, and there they are in the same incorrect in order. I'm going to type in rename foo as the, the the base of the of the name. That's the basis. Then we're going to do foo zero as the replacement expression, and then we're going to have rename the command look at anything with foo question mark dot txt. So, let's see what happens there. As expected, foo01.txt, foo02.txt, foo03.txt, and so on. So you can obviously do this with all kinds of expressions. It doesn't have to be really basic, obvious examples like, like I think I've been giving. And in fact, here's a, a slightly more complex example just to kind of show the relationship between the base and the target. So let's do... Uh, Let's do, let me get rid of all these foos if I had any. And then we'll do a touch foo underscore curly bracket 1 to 10 close curly bracket dot txt. Okay, so now what we've got, if we look at foo, we got foo underscore 10 dot txt, foo underscore 1 dot txt, foo underscore 2 dot txt, and so on. We want those to be two digits, and we want the underscore, for whatever reason, we want to make that a dash instead. Let's, let's say that's what we're looking for. So then the 
the trick there would be to define, so we'd do rename, and then foo underscore, because that's the part that we basically want chopped off. We want to kind of drop that. We want to rename it to foo dash, and then we'll, we're, we want that prefix, that prefix of a zero before the actual numbers start. And then we'll do foo uh, underscore question mark dot txt as our target. I do that, I do a list of all the foo asterisks, and sure enough, now instead of foo underscore one dot txt, I have foo underscore, no, sorry, foo dash zero one dot txt, foo dash zero two dot txt, and so on. So it's a very, very useful command. There's not a whole heck of a lot of options to the rename command. It, it, it more or less does what it does, which is what I've just displayed, what I've just demonstrated. There is one option worth, well, I guess two, really. There's one that you can probably guess, and that's verbose, dash v for verbose, or dash dash verbose. But the other one is, is uh, dash s or dash dash symlink, which doesn't rename a symlink. It renames its target. So that's a really, really cool and useful uh, trick. If you've got a symlink and you know you want to rename the thing that it resolves to, but not it, not the symlink itself, you can do that, dash s or dash dash symlink. Easy as that. That's it. That's the rename command. I feel like it's one of those that you just don't actually, you don't think about until, and you know, until you discover it, and then you you think of all the times you've spent renaming album or you know titles in a song in an album renaming those or renaming a series of pictures all that stuff it can all be done with rename really really easily this is basically the file renamer from thunar but in a terminal now you can even do simple renames with this i mean you, it doesn't have to be really fancy so let's do a touch of uh, no, let's do an echo of 1, 2, 3 into a file called foo. And then we're going to do a rename foo. And then we're going to say we want it to turn into bar. And what file do we want to rename to bar? Oh, foo. And now if I do it ls on foo, uh, cannot access foo, no such file, uh, cat bar 1, 2, 3. So you could use it as a replacement for move. I don't know why you would. I don't know why you would need to do that. There's certainly nothing telling you. There's nothing. There's no good reason to do it. It's more typing. The the name the the command itself is re is longer and and it requires three op arguments instead of two. But nevertheless, you could use rename if if for whatever reason you needed to. The renaming. Uh, command has no safeguards, it says, the man page says. If the user has permission to rewrite file names, the command will perform the actions without any questions. So there's no interactive mode here. If it's going to clobber something, it will clobber something. For example, the result can be quite drastic when the command is run. Well, I'm not going to even read the rest of that. I don't know why they need to give really bad ideas as examples, but no, the Linux people love to do that. You weren't thinking of this before. But what if you did this? Wouldn't that be horrible? It's like, well, maybe, probably. Why did you have to put that into my mind? Okay, um, do we have any more time left for more commands? 
Oh, yes, we totally do. I guess we took an early coffee break. That's good, because that way we really just kind of get to focus on these on these commands. So the next one, it looks like, is, is re-nice. And the, I, I feel like re-nice and, and nice itself, I guess, is one of those things that you, you hear about bizarrely early in, in your Unix training, if, if you, if, if you read anything about it. It seems like that's one of those introductory chapters in any book on Unix. It's, it's like, here's how to nice and re-nice, and, and, and you read about it, and it spends a whole chapter on the subject, or, or at least a half a chapter, and then, um, and then you get you get into actually using Linux and Unix in real life, and you never touch it. You never use it ever. So I don't know exactly why it's such a popular introductory lesson. I I, I feel like it's one of those commands that maybe maybe it was important at one point when people were were introduced to Unix through univer through a, an actual multi-user system, maybe at their university or something, or at a job. Where, where they actually were sort of not time sharing but kind of resource sharing I guess and maybe that was actually a, a thing that you would have to do is go in and re-nice your processes because someone was yelling at you for taking up too much processing power converting your latex document into PDF or, or whatever but the the real life use cases for nice for, at least for me very very rare so um Renice is um, not something that I use very often, but the the idea here is that nice sort of it's a waiting it's a a weighted system. It gives weight to a process, a process with a lower nice value is given higher priority, which means that it gets more CPU time. It comes up for, for CPU attention more often than something with a higher nice value. So if your nice is, for instance, 19, then you don't get a lot of CPU time. If your nice value is, let's say, 0, you get a pretty respectable amount of CPU time. But wait, it gets better. You can go into the negative numbers. So if your nice value is negative 1, then you're getting more CPU time. If it's negative 20, which is the maximum, or rather the minimum, then you're getting a whole lot of potential CPU time. You're, you're very favorable to a process to be at a negative 20 niceness. It's just really not nice at all. Uh, it, it, it hogs the CPU's attention. That's the, the theory behind this. You can see nice values uh, through top or uh, htop if you prefer, which I do. So if you type in htop or top, then you get the PID number of the process, you get the user who's owning the process, and then you get the priority, and then the ni, which is the nice value. In htop, you can sort by nice value with the F7 key. Well, supposedly. For some reason, that's not working for me right now. F, F6 sorts it by PID. Oh, there we go. Here's nice. I don't know why F7 wasn't working. But um, there we've got the nice values of 0. So those aren't very nice. Uh, but there are other ones that are, I guess, 
here's Firefox. That's nice value of one. So I guess that's a little bit more polite. It'll, it'll stand aside if there's something more important going on. And then there's some even at 19, which uh, strikes me as as being very nice uh, because that'll really just like wait its turn and skip a round if it has to, or skip several rounds if it has to. And the ones at 19 right now are Baloo and Baloo Indexer and Akanadi Baloo and Baloo File. So indexing things that, that really, yeah, they don't actually need CPU time because if they if they don't get it, then we'll just we'll, we'll index it later. I'm trying to find something here that's sort of more or less safe for me to re-nice without messing anything up too much. Here's a GPG agent. I don't feel like that needs to be a high priority. Uh, so I could make that more nice. And remember, once again, the more nice something is, the less attention it seeks. So there's a GPG agent running, and it, I just hit something. Okay, 25, 25, 7. That's relatively easy to remember. So let's do man renice just to get all the all the different options available to us. So uh, renice it takes a priority level or a um, yeah. It looks like scheduling the scheduling priority must be used for the process. Uh, use of the option dash in or dash dash priority is optional. But if it's optional, then you have to use it as the first argument. Okay, so let's do um, let's do renice uh, ten, and then the dash dash pid that we're looking for is twenty five twenty five seven. This should fail because I don't own the process. I don't think that I'm trying to renice. Actually, sorry, it didn't fail because I do own the process that I'm trying to renice. The uh, GPG agent is totally owned by by me. That's it's good. It's good to hear. So, um, 25.25.7, process ID, old priority is 0, new priority is 10. Now, what does that mean, really? Well, what it actually means, and you can see this in, in top or htop, what, e even though the, the, the term that renice, the renice command, or the man page, rather, gives it, well, and the command, because... It says dash in or dash dash priority. Now in in at least uh, htop, let me let me actually I'm gonna execute actual top. Yeah, no top as well. So in top and um, htop, there are two different values. There's priority and there's nice value, and those are different. But the renice command says dash in or dash dash priority and it says specifying the ske scheduling priority to be used and then you give it a number now that number doesn't actually set the priority column in top or h top it actually sets the nice value of it so that's that that strikes me as 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 um maybe a little bit of a an odd choice of wording for um for for the for the command, personally, I, I think I would have just said that you're setting the nice value, not not the priority, because the priority is clearly not not what you're setting. You're, you're setting nice, and that is affecting priority. So, for instance, here I see that 25.25.7 has been changed to 10, or to whatever I just set it as, uh, but and the priority has shifted as well but not to exactly 10. It is, it is shifted by 10, but it is not shifted to 10. So if I do renice 
um, dash dash priority, let's do 15 dash dash PID 25257, and then I, it says old priorities uh, 10, new priority is 15, and then if I do H top and I scroll down to 25257, I see that the nice value is 15 exactly on the nose, and the priority is 35, which obviously is the default 20 plus 15, so 35. So it's affected it, it's just not, that's not the number that you have set. So that, I don't know, I think that sounds, I think that's a bit confusing, but um, that's just, if you're aware of it, I guess, then you're aware of it and you don't have to worry about it. So the um, the command can be pretty complex, too. Their their example in the man page is renice plus one nine eight seven dash u daemon root dash p32, which does a couple of things. It makes the it changes the priority of nine eight seven and thirty two, which you know in their example are given as completely separate entities, um, plus all processes owned by the users uh, daemon and root. So it's a, it's a weirdly overly flexible command, which I guess is nice, but it, it also seems a little bit haphazard to me. I, I guess I, I guess I'm just not in love with this command for lots of reasons. One because I don't feel like I use it all that often, and and, and which is a benefit of being a modern Linux user, right? I mean, I don't have to change it that often. I don't have to go in and stop my GPG agent or my cups daemon or whatever from interfering with, let's say, my audio processing or something like that. I can just kind of let the system run itself, which is which is nice. That was an intentional use of nice. Um, but I, I, I'm feeling like this command is a little bit... It's a little bit all over the place. I feel like it's super flexible, which is, you know... In a way, it's kind of nice because hey, it's super flexible. But on the other hand, there's, there's, it's really unstructured. The fact that renice plus one nine eight seven dash u daemon root dash p thirty two affects both nine eight seven and thirty two that seems a little bit strange to me. The fact that you can have your targets in completely different places and that you've got this plus one rather than just one as your first argument, so it doesn't need an option. Ah, it just seems really kind of kind of wonky to me um but hey it's it's a time-honored and old command renice nice that whole system it's a thing it's happening it is under the hood you may not need to worry about it on an everyday basis but being aware that it exists i guess is beneficial because i mean it, it's part of your system and knowledge is power and all that okay i think that's about it i've there have been some kind of exciting and really big and important commands that we've covered i don't want to I don't want to swamp your brain with this stuff because otherwise we'll just we won't remember it. So let's kind of let let's let's call it a, an episode now. Let's say that this is this has been everything that we've needed from from this episode because we've learned a lot. I feel between PG and rename, especially, I just I feel like those two are just such such revelations. I I, I think that it's really kind of worth worth keeping that in mind and kind of going away from this episode with a good cup of coffee and those commands it firmly implanted in our brain start using them uh, as we see fit and let's meet back here next week to uh, continue on through util linux starting with the reset command until then thank you very much for listening talk to you next week
Thank you for listening to the GNU World Order Cast. This has been Klaatu. You can reach me on IRC. I'm on the Freenode network usually in channels such as Augcast Planet, Slacker Media, Slackware, a couple of others. My nick on IRC is not Klaatu. You can also reach me lately on Mastodon. My username there is at Klaatu at Mastodon.xyz. Of course, you can email me at Klaatu at member.fsf.org. That's Klaatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time.